What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Dot Daddy Podcast. And as you can see, if you are a fan of the Squid Games, we got Dan Player 204 from the Squid Games Challenge. Thank you for being here, Dan. Oh, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Let's get into it. I, I got a lot of questions for you. I was a big fan of the original series. I'm a fan of the challenge. What was it? 462 people? 452 people? 456 players. 456 players. How did you find out about the casting for Squid Games? So I've, everybody that knows me knows this. I've been applying to Survivor for 22 years now. And uh, so I, I've always wanted to do a, a reality type show. Uh, my daughters were messing around on Instagram or TikTok and um, they saw the the ad to apply. Um, they're like, dad, you should apply. I said, I've been applying to Survivor for 22 years and I've never gotten anything. They said, just do it. So I went in my garage, I did one take, sent it in, and uh, I got a call within a few days to uh, move on in the application process. Wow, and you, what did you just take your phone and just go, just kind of do like a selfie record? That's it, that's all I did. I just held it up and, and talked right into it. Did you, I mean, did you just send an email? That that was it, and then they called you? How long did you have to wait? Well, there's a, there's a very long application. Um, questions, and I guess they're trying to do a little bit of a psych check, uh, but a lot of questions about what kind of person you are, how would you play this game, um, and it, I mean, it was long. I've done, Like I said, I've applied to Survivor so many times and other a few other shows, and the application questions on this were way more involved, and there were just so many of them. Uh, the whole process... Uh, I applied in July, um, and I didn't get my final acceptance until January, the beginning of January. So, I mean, it was a long, it was a long process, multiple phone interviews, uh, interviews with psychiatrists, medical evaluations. Oh, it was crazy. Basically. Yeah. And obviously they didn't catch it. They let me through. <laughs> But he, ladies and gentlemen, he's just joking. He's actually a physician's assistant. This guy does surgeries on knees. He, he's not <laughs> Um What was the process when you were auditioning and you're doing these phone interviews? Were they Zoom calls, like kind of like that? Yeah, everything was a Zoom call. Um, Studio Lambert is the name of the casting company that worked for Netflix that cast the show. Um, and they, everything was was on time everything was was prompt i mean when they told you it was going to start at six o'clock start at six o'clock they were i can't say anything i can't even make up anything bad to say about studio lambert they were amazing through the whole process and for somebody like me i've never done this before i'm a normal guy uh there were no hiccups no bumps in the road it was phenomenal the whole process that's good to hear. So you encourage people to apply for the next series listen i don't the estimates were 200,000 up to 700,000 applicants for our show. Um, I don't know which one's real, but I can tell you for season two, after the success, it's going to be triple, quadruple that number. So I would encourage everyone to get your application in and do it. It's, it's Casting is open. So I would say get it in as soon as possible. I believe, man, wow, you were picked, at minimum, you were picked from over a couple hundred thousand people. Yes. That's insane. Yeah, it is insane. If you think about the odds of getting picked, yeah, uh, there's a lot of luck involved in, in that and in the game. So I had a little bit of luck for sure. Yeah, you struck a chord with somebody. I hope so. I mean, that's seriously impressive. I mean, just to get picked for whatever reason that might, that might be and then to go on the show and then to make it as far as you actually did make it. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can go through the whole process and then be eliminated in red light, green light. There are people that went through that same seven, six, seven month process and their entire game experience was one minute. 
Yeah. So yeah, that would have been pretty sad for me if that had happened to me. Did they at least pay for your flights and travel? They paid for everything. Um, the you had to pick three airports within a certain radius of your home. Um, I live in southern New Jersey, twenty minutes from Philadelphia airport, but for whatever reason they picked Newark. Um, so they sent two cars actually pulled up at my house at four o'clock in the morning, and uh, one of them was a um, a Ford. I don't know, Expedition, and the other one was a Lamborghini truck, so take a guess which one I took to the airport. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and they paid for all of that. They paid for the flights. They paid for the, we stayed in a hotel for three days, three, some people for five days uh, before the game started. This is in London. Quarantined in, in London, yes. Um, so they paid for everything. There was no, ex no out-of-pocket expense at all. That's amazing. That one, you get a free trip to London, right? Had you ever been to London before that? No, and I still haven't actually been to London because we weren't allowed to go outside. We weren't allowed to do anything. We were we were in the room only, except so, to eat. Okay, so you fly to London, you get out the airport, you go to the hotel. I'm assuming other cast members are probably there, right? Yes. And then what do they do? Take you to like a huge warehouse or something? Well, what they they staggered when people got there because if you can imagine 456 people coming into a hotel lobby at the same time, and it was, listen, the scale of this thing, the scale of just the production is almost unthinkable. Um, so they staggered people getting there. Then you were put in your room. Um, no for, roommate? No, no roommate. Um, so you were in your room for some people four days, some people two days. I was there for three days prior to the start of filming. Um, and you had assigned dinner times. There were guards or security everywhere. You were not allowed to talk to anybody. Um when you got to the elevator, there were people on the elevator, outside the elevator, part of the production that you cannot talk. If you talk, you're out. You had to have a COVID test as soon as you got there. Um, one guy that I know of for sure was two doors across from me. I heard him crying when they came back. He got he had to leave because he had COVID. Um, so that's another heartbreaking story. You go all that way. Um, so we were there for, again, anywhere from five to two days in the room, and I made the most of my time in the room, I can tell you that. Some people were sleeping, I was working out every day, uh, I've posted some of my stuff on Instagram, making funny videos for my kids to watch. I love them, man. Um, thanks. Uh, and I was watching YouTube, how do you beat the games of Squid Game? So there were some hints, you know, from the Mr. Beast thing, a lot of things like for red light, green light, for cookie. So I was watching and studying the entire time. I barely slept. I was so excited. Um, but I was I was working in there, man. I wasn't just sit, sitting in the room watching the, the sights of London out of the window. That's smart. And um, speaking of the Mr. Beast, so what did you think about the whole Mr. Beast? Because I, I had seen some things. People were like, why didn't Netflix at least reach out to him? The biggest YouTuber in the world, Mr. Beast, and he already done Squid Games. What did you think about his crime? I saw, and again, I'm not a huge social media guy. I'm trying to get better at it. Um, but all my friends are good. Did you see that people are commenting, Mr. Beast already did this? It, no, he didn't. He didn't do this. Yeah. Mr. Beast. and I, He did my, a version. Yeah, he did a version of it that was nowhere near the scale or the production quality of this. Um, and I'm not bashing him. My kids love that guy. Yeah, yeah. And he does, his burgers are awesome, by the way. Um, He's amazing. He I mean, is he amazing. Does, he does so many cool things. Yes, great but it dude. was just one of his videos out of many videos. Right, right. Um, I mean, you know, you know how social media is, just like I do. People, some people aren't happy unless they're bashing something, but uh, there's no comparison to what he did when you, if you try to compare it to this, it's, it's not. It's and I not don't think close. the prize money was the same either, was it? I don't know. I never watched his. Uh, oh, okay. I watched pieces of it, but I don't know what the prize was. But he gives out a lot of money, that guy. So yes, he's doing he all right for himself. He's generous. Yeah.
Um, so there's been lots of rumors about the red light, green light challenge. Uh, Walk us through the process of that. Cause it, I mean, the whole thing was to us, it looks like, oh, it's 45 minutes. It was an hour long, but what was it really like? So we got on the buses that morning under the cover of darkness. Cause we were all in our tracksuits in London at a hotel. They didn't want people to see us. There were four, five, six huge buses. We go maybe two hours to a, what was, I found out later was the, an old Royal Air Force uh, hangar. We get out of the buses, the sun is just coming up. This building, I have never seen a building this big. You could have probably fit five, six football fields inside the building, maybe more. It's the biggest building I've ever seen. We go in and you're directed to these lines based on your number. You go to the line, the line fills up. Now you're directed to a tent, again, based on that number. And that's where I met Marcus. In the, he, he and I were the first two in line at our line. Who ends 209, who ends up being my best friend in the game. And then we went to the tents. And I can tell you, that building, there's no way to air condition or heat that building. And it was absolutely freezing in there. It was January 23rd in London, freezing. They had little space heaters in there that everyone was crowding around. And half of us, more than half of us, couldn't even get anywhere near it. They had food, hot tea, coffee. I don't drink coffee. Uh, so now that was the waiting game. They, gave, they came in, they gave us our, our vests, our uh, microphones. They put the squib pack on when that thing that exploded and looked like you were shot. They put those I on. I thought those were so badass. They were pretty cool. Uh, like that made it look so much more real. Obviously, we, they can't kill people. Right. But that just had to be even being a contestant and letting that explode. It's like, because I loved when they did the faint too. They're like, yeah. They, they, that was, they told all of us to act like you're dead or pretend that you're getting shot. Um, but there was never the word kill was not used in this no, game. It's kill. eliminated. Okay. Eliminated is what you could say. Um, and it was, it was cool. I, I'll tell you what, I didn't want to ever see mine come off. I didn't want, because they, apparently there were different settings from leak to mild blast to blow your head off or whatever. They, they had different versions of that thing exploding based on, I guess, the situation. I don't know. Um, and they were all controlled electronically. And everybody has these on like while you're out in this hangar doing Yes. Stuff. So that's part of the, the long uh, pre portion was they had to fit everybody in the, you know, there was a whole wardrobe team there and they, they wanted to get everybody fit. Right. Cause they didn't want it to restrict your movement. At the same time, they needed to have that on there and make sure it worked. It was syncing to the remote, whoever was controlling them. Um, and that took a while. And then we went finally to the room. We're all standing again in our lines and they opened the door and they had us come in and it was game on, man. You should have seen this set. It looked exactly like the show. I'm, I'm like, holy shit. Look at this place. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I mean, it was incredible. Um, but they made us go in and out multiple times, obviously, for to get the right shot. Then the official rule maker or adjudicator came in. Anybody that had a question about what was going on got to ask a question. Some people had the dumbest basic questions ever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're allowed to breathe. Like, come on, man. <laughs> so that took forever. Um and then they finally said, all right, we're good. They, they actually had a personal trainer come in and let, stretch everyone out, which was neat, were I guess. Were you assisting? Were you like, I know I'm doing No, I'm like, dude, let's just get to it, man. I don't need this guy to stretch me out. If you didn't stretch, if you're not ready, that's on you. Yeah. I don't need a, you shouldn't be doing this. Um, so, and then it finally started. And uh, that- So what was your strategy? Because to me, the simplest mistake in red light, green light was hot. What people don't understand, if you like you just said, you watch it on TV and you're like, okay, five minutes. It took five minutes. When they explained the rules, they said that 
when we when it's red light, you're going to have to hold your position, possibly for multiple minutes. I think that's the word they use, multiple minutes. I'm like, all right, I can stand in any position. I, I do surgery all day. I'm standing there. Big deal. No. I think, and there are estimates of anywhere between 30 to 42, 43 minutes where you're standing in one position. If you moved at all during that red light time, again, 35, 40 minutes, if you moved at all, you're done. You got, you got popped. You got eliminated. And it was, you think standing still is not hard? You, oh, people get bored and it's just like in an uncomfortable position like the girl who was squatting she now by the way they did her dirty i think she was squatting for about 15 minutes from the, one of the guys my friend who was right near her he said they she was squatting for the longest we couldn't even believe she held the that squat chair is no joke no no she she was a beast that girl um but the the cold I, I hate the cold, even though I live in the Northeast. I hate it. I can't stand it. I'm a baseball guy. You can't take ground balls when there's snow on the ground. Uh, and the cold was the worst part of the whole thing for me. I mean, I couldn't feel my hands, my feet. I was starting like to get kind of go out of it. Like I'm dazed. The, the way they had the floor, I'm sure it was by design. There were a bunch of speckles in the floor that were now they're moving. It's, it's, it's almost like you had nitrous when you're a little kid getting cavities filled. Everything was just going in and out. Um, it was tough, man. I've been hit in the face with a 92 mile an hour fastball, had a motorcycle accident, almost died after COVID 40 blood clots in my lungs, almost died. This was the hard, the hardest thing I've ever done physically. Wow. Red light, green light. It took me probably at least seven and a half, eight hours. So that really weeded out the week. It, 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 it weeded out. you want it? It weeded out more than a week. There were army rangers there. Really? Professional, ex-professional athletes, Navy SEALs that didn't make it through red light, green light. So people that made it through that, just to make it into the dorm through red light, green light, you're, you're a beast. How you're many beast. people got wiped out that first? 259. Wow. So half. Over half, yeah. Wow. And so if you stopped like this, like you're standing like this, you couldn't put your hands in your pocket. Not, you're done. So if you watch it close, my strategy was I just kept my hands in my pocket. And would you power walk? No. Again, for me, this was a marathon, not a sprint. I knew how much time was on that clock because it was in front of us. I counted the beams in the ceiling. So I figured it was about 100 to 110 yards. I knew where I needed to be at the halfway point on the clock. And that's all I was worried about. Some people were trying to win that event. And they went out real quick. Yeah. Um, I, I had different strategies. I, again, I watched those YouTube videos. My first one, it said, okay, get a wide base, bend your knees a little bit. The first stoppage, I did that. About eight seconds into that stoppage, I my legs were quivering already. Like I'm like, this was idea. this was the dumbest thing you've ever done in your life. Uh, and I, I'm shaking. I'm like, this I can't believe I'm going to go out already. My daughters, my older daughters are going to murder me if I go out in red light, green light. Um, so I changed it up. Then I, I actually did a couple rounds where I dove and laid on my stomach. I, that looks... I was wondering why they were doing it, but that makes sense now. Yeah. The, the thing that I was worried about laying there, it was even colder because the floor was freezing. So now I'm laying on the ground and I'm going, uh, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. But I did see something in a video where the, the, they said, if there's a wall, lean against the wall. So I made my way kind of periodically to my right. And eventually I would end up running, jumping on the ground and sitting and leaning up against the wall genius at one point i got up from laying down and stepped on the back of the heel of my shoe and that my shoe was half off flopping around 
And I'm like, this is really going to get me here, walking out of my stupid shoe. Uh, but that was my strategy. I ended up using the wall and leaning against the wall because it helped me stay still. People were, I mean, you were allowed to shiver. There was no, but if you were it's shivering, if you were shivering a lot, you, you got popped. Yeah. It was tough, man. It was really hard. So you're just probably sitting there focusing on your breathing, just trying to. I was, I took my mental, I went into a different place mentally. Yeah. Cause I start, I actually started to fall, like fall asleep. My body was going, this is not supposed to happen. We're going to shut it down. Uh, and I remember there was a girl in front of me, Chaney. She had uh, gold things on her braids. And that's what I ended up focusing on. Every time we had to stop, I was looking at those and then counting the, the little dots on them. Just and to keep your mind off. Just, I'm telling you, man, standing still for 30 minutes is not easy. And it's Nicole, not easy. Trying to maintain your exact position. It's, it's, it's really hard. I never, I never thought it would be that hard. It was hard. But again, there are a lot of people complaining. They want to sue Netflix because I they got out. That. I think there's two already. They want to, they want to sue Netflix for inhumane treatment. And even let, though that's what they signed up for. Listen, Netflix is a very smart and big company. They've covered all their bases. Go ahead. Go ahead and sue Netflix. If you win that, if you win a lawsuit against Netflix, we, we signed, basically we signed releases that said if anything ever happens if an alien ship lands on our production and kills you you can't do anything about it and you signed up for a game for 4.56 million what did you think it was going to be a, a walk in the park yeah, yeah no one had a gun to their head you didn't have to stay there there were people that just walked off they didn't get they didn't get popped they were like this is not for me i'm out and they quit what was the reason because when we're watching the show it just looks like okay my thing went off the guy comes over wearing the, the suit and they tap him and say, you know, leave or whatever. Why was there such a big time in between? Why didn't they just get off and, you know, start again? I th in the beginning, when there were so many people, I think, they, so they would say green light, red light. They had, if you can imagine, I don't even know, hundreds of cameras in there. They had actual people looking through windows up top. You couldn't see that in the, in the show. Uh, and they had drones and you did not want the drone near you. I figured that out real quick. Um, so when they say red light, it took that long because they had to go back and watch the live footage to see who moved after. Because with all those so people. So they were re-watching the footage. They were, the adjudicators were looking to make sure they got the right people out. Yeah. Like an NFL playback. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with that many people, imagine yeah, how long it took. To. I'm they sure like adjudicator one was assigned to players this through this. but it took, And they wanted to make sure they got it right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. This was not some fly-by-night production, man. This was this was the real deal. They were not just winging it. No, no. They were no. Not just winging it. All right, so you made it through the red light, green light challenge. What, what was in the uh, the fanny packs? So everybody in the dorm got a fanny pack. I actually have mine. I was able to... Nice, that's so, the real one. This that's... is from the show. This is the fanny pack from the show. You had your number Velcroed on. My, this is not the number. They did take the number. My wife had this remade for me. And that's a good wife. So, um, what I have in my fanny pack, I have a lot of stuff, actually. Now, this, were these things that were supplied the, to you? These were supplied, yes. Okay. Um, nothing, no, nothing was allowed to be brought into the game. Nothing. Even your underwear. So, here are a few pairs of the underwear because they were in my... I was using them... Those as, are good, though. They're nice. Yeah, they're not bad. I was using them as a night shield because they, they had fluorescent... <laughs> I guess it's fluorescent lighting above the beds uh -huh. to make it harder to sleep, uh -huh. to make it a worse experience. So I would put these over my head and use them as an eye shield. So they never shut the, the lights off? They shut the lights off, but there was a light over your bed. Uh -huh. 
which I think for safety reasons, because I was on the top bunk of five high. You need to climb down to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So I do have the underwear. These are the official socks that they gave us. Okay. And they get in the bathrooms where the showers were, were different bins, underwear, bras, razors, um, all kind of stuff, uh, lotion, things like that. Um, This is my toothbrush from the game. Oh, they did. They did give. Is that wooden? This is wooden, and everyone's had had their. I don't number. even have the number on. My there. number is right on there. Two oh four. Just so you didn't stick somebody else's toothbrush in your mouth. Yeah. Um, this was a a big thing. Again, everything was numbered. This is the lip balm. Okay. So, chapstick gate was a real thing in it's there. It's cold. Uh, people. Well, in the dorm, it was not cold. Okay. It wasn't hot, but it was normal. But um, and I didn't have this problem. A bunch of people had. Chap lips after like two days. I mean, people's lips were cracking and bleeding. I'm sure that doesn't look good on TV. Um, so they ended up coming out with those. I don't know how they got it done so fast because that was not part of the original. Oh, they just brought them in. All of a sudden, because so many people complained. But I was in the dorm uh, and people were complaining about their lips. So in one of the bins in the bathroom were these guys. <laughs> 500 of them. No, there were At least a whole is bin. That a condom? It sure is. This is an official Squid Game condom. Okay. With, apparently, it looks like there's blue ink in it. Um, but so I remember saying, I said, listen, everybody's complaining about their lips not being lubricated. I'm pretty sure there's lubrication in here. A bunch of people. The next morning, they were all gone. Production was freaked. Was there an orgy? Where? <laughs> people were using it on their lips for yeah, lubrication. Uh, so, where, uh, since we're on that, were there any hookups? Uh, I'm sure there were. I'm sure there were. I don't, I didn't. Again, they didn't put it on camera. They didn't. They didn't show it, and I think the people that I heard that may have been doing that may have not wanted it on camera too. Okay. Um, So there were so many cameras. I mean, I don't even know where you. There were cameras in the bathroom stall. What? Like for safety? Taking a shit. I mean, I think it probably only saw to here. Uh So if you sat down, it couldn't see your, you know, from the waist down. Uh But for safety reasons too, they didn't want somebody dragging somebody into somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but everything was covered. Um, but I'm sure there were some some uh, shenanigans going on, some extracurricular activity. But I'm a married guy, so I was not involved in that. Um, and also... The very loyal, good husband. Yeah. And my wife did say, whatever you need to do to win that four and a half, you do it. So, uh, but that... In that... The place where we were, that was the furthest thing from anybody's mind. Yeah. It really was. On it was compete, win, do whatever you have to do to make it to the next day. So... I'm sure there were, but it's certainly, they were trying to, to like encourage showmances. I think, um, I did have one of the, the biggest showmances in the whole game, actually. It was a bro, the man, biggest right? love story. Me and Marcus, man, I'm surprised the, uh, interaction between he and I did not get more. They showed a little bit of it. Um, but I, you I had a lot of screen time. I, I got lucky, man. Yeah. I'm nothing special. Believe me. And I got a lot of screen time. I really didn't see the guy who made it to third, the guy with the big beard, everyone who's listening. Great dude. I didn't see him till like the eighth, ninth episode, tenth episode. Yeah. Never seen him. Yeah. I was like, "Who the hell is that guy?" Yep. Yeah. It, I mean, four hundred fifty. This is not like Survivor. You have 18, 20 people. It's it's almost impossible to not get airtime. In in this show, four hundred fifty six people. They had to pick and choose what they wanted to highlight. Like like I just said, there were people in there way nicer looking than me, way funnier, way more interesting. Uh, and for whatever reason, my storyline, the arc of what happened, it just happened to fit their storyline. So by you no means- You also rose to 
leadership positions as well. I, I try to. In the right situations, I try to. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, it was real. We'll, we'll go into it. Um, I'm done with hey, this. You, anything, oh, anything yes. Crazy? We had they didn't give you any this is This is the toothpaste. All right. It's a very minty. It's actually still smells good. Uh, at some point, I was eating this to get That's some sugar. Toothpaste? This is toothpaste. Okay. Um, what else do we have here? You've got a, a razor. Hand sanitizer. This is what I was using to shave my head. I, I, I've i never used a real razor. I was use a, I use a buzzer. So, Charlie, thank you for doing that for me. That's a little shitty ones, too. These are terrible. They're, They're disposable. Dis disposable <laughs> crap. Uh, and I think that's it. That Oh, this here is the actual... So we had to have battery changes all the, every seven, eight hours, I guess. Because okay. this is 24-7 audio and video on everyone. Yeah. So we had to have individual battery packs. This is the belly band that would wrap around and hold your battery. Okay. This was on me when I got done, and I, I completely forgot. Uh, that's it. Everything else is kind of... That's cool. So you, they didn't let you bring anything in, and they did give you some supplies. They gave you very limited supplies, but they did give you a little... They gave us way more than I thought I was going to get and way more than I was prepared to have. So as far as the living conditions, why'd you pick the, the very top bunk? It, it wasn't by mistake. When Marcus and I walked in, we walked in together. I said, listen, I need the sniper spot here. I want to be. So I picked the highest point in the middle of the dorm. I could see the bathrooms and the shower entrance. I could see the other entrances. I could see everything from where I, from my vantage point. I wanted to be able to see who's talking to who, who's this, who's going to the bathroom in the middle of the night with the same person disappearing. I wanted oh, to, I wanted for a I, I wanted to know what was going on, man. And I thought that was the best place to be, at least in the beginning, because there were so, there's almost 200 people there. Yeah. So at that point, I wanted a sniper spot. Let, makes sense. Let me ask you about something else before we go into uh, to the next segment. The guy on the phone, he answers the phone, he gets a prize. Then he answers the phone again. It was a little hard to watch. You know, I'm like, why did, why did he? Well, at that point in the game, uh, 198, he answers the phone first. Two, they didn't show. There were two other times where the phone got answered, but they didn't show it. One guy got a pizza, which he shared with his little group. One guy, Elliot, got a big box of donuts, which he, again, shared with his group. So this was now the fourth time the phone rang and my alliance my people we couldn't have been further from that friggin' phone we wanted nothing to do with it because they're not going to keep giving good stuff yeah. and nothing comes without a price so we knew that you know what so what when am i gonna i'm gonna get a pizza now i'm gonna be craving food that i haven't had in a week anyway no thanks we stayed away from it and his his reasoning was it wasn't so much that he wanted to get brighton out 432 it was that he didn't want Brighton or any of Brighton's friends to get the phone because he knew they were going to get him out if there was an option for that. Um, but it could have been. You don't know. Who knows? Yeah. So he uh, he was he was playing strategy. He was he wanted he didn't want anyone else to get it is why he did it. Why do you think so many people were? It seemed like uh, player four three two. He was a little controversial. He had a little. So he had he had some people who didn't like him. He had some people who liked him, but some people didn't. Sure, uh, Brighton is a D1, a big D1 football player. Uh, Clemson, I believe, is where he went. Uh, I had many conversations with him. With my background, he was talking to me about his knee surgeries, and and the kid was so, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, like, very polite. He he comes off as cocky uh, and arrogant. I didn't have a problem with the guy at all. I've been around athletes my whole life, man. And it, 
If you're somebody that's not sure of yourself, when you're presented with a guy like that, you're going to say, oh my gosh, this guy's a jerk. He's overbearing. He's cocky. He's, he's just confident, man. He's and, a, an alpha male. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a confident, athletic, physically superior. If you look at the kid, he's, he's jacked man. and he's a big dude too. Um, but he was nothing but nice to me. I didn't have a problem with him. I was glad that he left because I didn't want to go against him in anything physical. I would have been overmatched. So, but from a personality standpoint, maybe, I think maybe he could be considered abrasive, but why is his opinion of anything any less important than somebody else's opinion? That's the part that I didn't agree with. If he doesn't like this, that's his opinion. Why are people giving him a hard time? You don't like that. Nobody's giving you a hard time. So I don't know. I, I thought the kid was cool. I liked him. Good, good. I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear that. And then he got out, uh, you know, in that. What we're about I can't believe, about. yeah. I can't believe that. <laughs> well, first let me ask, so what cookie shape did you get? Yeah, they didn't show it. I had star. All right. You had the star? I had okay. star. Um, and what was your strategy? Luckily, all the preparation that I did, I never practiced the damn cookie. Like Again. an idiot. I never practiced it. Um, so my was in my line because we were friends. Um, and I said, I'm, I'm like panicking. I'm like, I've never done this before. She's, and she gave all of us, 30 of us, clues and hints and some strategy how to get this done without breaking it. So the strategy was take the cookie out, spit into the tin. As much Now, I was prepared to spit a river into the tin, but if you can imagine how stressful it was, I think I was I spit like two rocks into the tin. I had no saliva. It was brutal. So you spit in the tin, you put it back down. That'll start soaking in from the bottom. And with my surgery background, I've made many an inc- many of an incision. So I was able to use that needle, and I figured five points. I have ten minutes, two minutes on each arm of the star. Well, I got through the one all together. I'm like sweet. I look up and there's like four minutes and 26 seconds. And I still had four arms on the star to go. I'm like, oh no. And meanwhile, you're hearing two, three, four, pass, one, six, one, eliminated. What You're hearing that over the thing. Yeah. Um, so I worked as quickly as I could. I had a, I looked up, there's about 40 seconds. I ra- You had to raise your hand. One of the guards would come over who were, they were the actual adjudicators in guard uniforms. They would say, okay, pass, fail, eliminate. He says, well, you're going to have to take it out. And I'm like, nobody told me I had to take it out. It's completely separated. That's what I wasn't sure of. Was it supposed to break the piece off? Like- you had to either get the shape, in my case, the star out, or the border out and leave the star in. So there had to be a clear separation between the border, which makes sense. But I was not thinking clearly, obviously. So he says, you're going to have to take it out. Well, in the time I looked up at him to say, what do you mean I have to take it out? It had melded... <laughs> back together a little bit. Uh, so I went to pry it open. I'm like, oh shit, it's stuck together. So now I'm frantically yeah. going at it. I literally, I stuck the pin under the border and the whole border came out in one piece. And as I'm lifting the thing up to show I'm done, the time ran out. No, uh, Literally, I didn't even have my, I was going up to say finished. I, it was so suspenseful. <laughs> it would have been a great, I mean, everybody else's were good too. But for me, that was this really scary point. Cause I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to make this the last second and I barely made it. But it, it had to have been on camera for them to see, hey, he's done, he's not scraping anymore. Oh, there were cameras, there were cameras right here. Steven, mullet. Yeah. Uh, he, when we, before we started, he had 30 guys laying in the sand with their cameras right on him. <laughs> I mean, talk about stressful, yeah. you know, talk about a little bit of uh, making it harder. Um, so yeah, there were cameras everywhere, everywhere. 
Was it just a sewing needle? It was just a, it was a regular needle. Yep. Well, I'm glad you made it through that. Oh, that me looked, too. That looked, that looked difficult. Let me ask you this. Now this, the dude, two ninety nine Spencer. Crying. I, I felt bad for him, but I knew it was a game and he could have easily just ran to another door. <clears throat> he could have easily just ran to one of the doors, right? As soon as you guys broke off, you're like, nope, I get triangle, right? He didn't do it. He, obviously he got the umbrella. He wasn't happy about it. He's crying. Did you talk to him? No, I, I had, Did you ever meet him? I had met him beforehand just because yeah. you, you know, you try to it again with 20 people on us on an Island, mm -hmm. you could talk to everybody every day with 200 people. You just can't, it's, it's not reasonable or, or possible to make connections with all those people. So I had said good morning to him, but I didn't know him. Were you there watching? Were you want to, did you, that, we, that white room that we were in, uh -huh. which they showed a bunch of times, everybody talks about hell. Hell is dark, fire, black. No, hell is a white room with no shadows. There's no, you can't even see the corners. And we were in there for hours, hours before these games. So when the first group of shape pickers went in. Of course, you're screaming, don't take umbrella. Everybody in every line is telling their person, don't take umbrella. When they went in, all of a sudden, there's a big screen in that room. All of a sudden, they show up on the screen in the actual set, the, uh, those four people. And we were like, oh so my God. Didn't know. We didn't know they were going to do that. Okay. Now they're there and they show, they sh we watched them decide on what number, what shape they were going to take. And, and they give that speech. Well, this is the, the, he was the second group okay. or he was the third group. Okay. The first group, this really pretty girl was trying to get this young kid who was my line to take the umbrella. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to do the umbrella. And he's, and they didn't show it. He said, uh, she said, come on, just take the umbrella. And they, they had, the three other ones had to take their shape. And he said, uh, if I'm not taking the umbrella, she said, well, I guess something. And he said, well, I guess we're all going home then. And he stood his ground because if he didn't, I would have had umbrella. So hats off to that kid. Yeah. yeah. He is a, he is a, uh, everybody can say what they want about, oh, why did he take the umbrella? Why, what would you have done if the other three people seemed like they were not going to move? Because they had just watched two groups of people go home. Eight people got eliminated because they couldn't come to an agreement on the shape. What do you think would have happened if uh, you just bullied someone off of it? Like you, like you couldn't, you couldn't, you the rules were you I couldn't play you. a game. You couldn't do rock, paper, scissors. You couldn't flip a coin. You had to, as a group of four people come to an agreement on what shape everyone was going to take. So, you had to so the second group tried to do a race. Okay. Let's just race. That wasn't, they violated the rules that wouldn't have stood anyway. Okay. So they, there was no four people couldn't just throw the guy over. Uh, they had to come to an agreement. And I think it benefited my guy in that situation was Charlie. He went right to the star. He said, I'm going to go to the star. It's the second hardest one. Nobody's going to want it. And there are straight lines. Maybe we can get through it. So he went to the star and he wasn't moving. So that helped actually. That was a ballsy move to just to put your hand on it and say, I'm not moving. Um, but I think that we all benefited from having Spencer in there. He, he's not real sure of himself. He's got anxiety. He's talked about it. So I'm yeah. not saying anything out of turn. Um, and he was, he just wasn't sure of himself and he literally wanted to help everyone. Yeah. That's what he, he's like. I'll help all of you guys spit on my cookie yeah. the whole nine, you know? Um, so I think the other three, you know, if, if, unless you're five years old, you could tell 
how confident somebody is by looking at him. Yeah. And I think they could tell that he wasn't very confident and that they could, I'm not going to use the word bully. They didn't bully him, but they collectively, and I think they decided before they went in there, they collectively said, listen, if we stick to our guns here, he's going to fold. Yeah. I think, and I haven't talked to Brighton, Brighton is a competitor. Yeah. The dude played high level D1 football. He's not going to go out with no chance. Yeah. If Spencer would have stuck to his guns there, and I would love to be able to ask Brighton. I guarantee Brighton would have said, you know what? F it. I'm going to go take the umbrella. And I'm going to beat the umbrella. And he probably would have. Yeah. I don't think he would have just gone out with no chance. Makes sense. I mean, everything you're saying, I agree with. I agree with that's a strong strategy. Let's get into, you started the Gabu Gang. Yes. The Gabu Gang. And how'd you come up with that? So contrary to some people's versions, I did name the Ganbu. I wanted it to be called Ganbu, and I named it four months before I got there. I love that. I wanted Ganbu to have gang. That's right. I wanted to have Ganbu gang for life. GGFL baby. I wanted to have a strategy. I knew there were going to be things I couldn't control. What I could control is what, if I was able to form an alliance. What was I going to call it? I wanted to pay homage to the real show. I wanted our alliance to have a name that people watching were going to. Go, oh, Ganbu, that's from that's from the real show. I'm rooting for the Ganbu gang. And it was a group of people that were like-minded. Nobody wanted to be like pushy. And that's how we kind of formed it. There was a we had girls and guys in our alliance, again, contrary to what some people want to say. Yeah. Um, but we had like-minded individuals. No one wanted to stand out and push people around. It was it was collective group of sharing, and I wanted us to have that feeling. Gambu means friends for life, ride or die, never gonna turn my back on you. If you think I didn't reiterate that every five seconds to our group, you're crazy. And my reason is, if we got to a point where we had to stab somebody in the back, they're not gonna stab me in the back. Dan, we're Gambu, baby. We're friends for life. I'm not gonna stab my Gambu guys. So I wanted to promote that mindset strategically so when that point came and there was going to be a point where we had to turn on each other, they weren't going to turn on me. So Perna, 031, awesome dude, great backstory. He he added gang to it. So when you see us talking on this on this the top level there, we had that conversation had already happened. We we already talked about it. That's why Steve says, What what's our name again? Because I had already said, dude, I want us to call our Gambu. I want us to be called Gambu. And Perna did add gang to it. Gambu gang. I, I thought gang, maybe people would have got offended and had some negative connotation, um, but it was it was a great name and people rooted for oh, us. Gee, I mean, you could Google it now. Like it's one of the top Google. Yeah, and you start typing that in, it comes, it comes right up. Google. Well, um, and there are some people that are, oh, I didn't even know what they were called. The Goomba gang, the Goo Goo Goo. You knew what we were called. They're and haters. we had a very. They're glad they weren't in. They were mad they weren't in. And I tell you what, anybody could have been in it. If you wanted to hook up with us for for one of those games, you're in the Gabu gang, man. We we had, like Steve says, we had an open door policy. And uh, I don't know. I wanted it to be something that people could root for. I wanted to be surrounded by good guys and girls. I, when I went in there, I had a strategy. For me, all of these reality games, you got to put a puzzle together. Mm -hmm. The hardest part, the hardest piece of the puzzle to find is that true ride or die, somebody that will... If push comes to shove, they may even sacrifice their game for you. I found that first in Marcus. Yeah. First. It's the hardest part of the puzzle. Yeah. So once I found that, I said, all right, now I got to 
even though I consider myself an athletic in shape guy, I got to find a meat shield. Yeah. Steven. Right. Yeah. You he, gotta do what you gotta and do. the dude is an impressive presence with the, with the mullet and the big booty and the quads. I call them quadzilla. I think that name stuck. Um, so he was a big physical presence for people to look at. I knew we needed somebody that was way smarter than me. Cause I'm not that smart doc. Yeah. All right. Dr. Um, Rick. Doc Rick, he's the greatest dude ever. So he got the tattoo. I saw it. It's huge. His yeah. legs are sleeves. His yeah. legs are completely covered. I don't know if you've ever seen those. No, he talked about it. Yeah. Those. Oh, he, I'm like, wait a second. You're we'll a, pull that up right here. You're a 69 year old doc. They don't do that. Yeah. He's a great guy, man. But anyway, so I wanted our alliance to have a name that people would root for and people in it that people liked. Yeah. And I think we did that. No, I loved it. I thought it was genius. I thought it was a great strategy. That that was smart. So, you make it episode three. Everyone's <laughs> lined up, thinking they're going to be tug of war. So the big guys, four, three, two. He's got his his big brawn guys. Uh, you got your gang. Everyone's lined up. You're thinking it's going to be tug of war because that's what it's like in the original series. You go through the doors and you learn that you're basically playing battleship. I think they called it warship. Warship. And on top of that, you end up being a captain. And then you find out if, <laughs> if you lose, you get eliminated. You're thinking, ah, I'm going to be the captain. I get to make the decisions. If I, we, we, you know. Walk us through it because that was brutal. That was a little hard to watch. They, uh, well, they, before we picked the captains, they told us even if, you're t if your team, if, if, two of, if two of your boats are sunk, even if it's the two and the three boat, you'll still have 10 people remaining on your team. They will be safe, but the captain and the lieutenant will be out. So we did know that before okay. we picked captains. Um, again, as a huge reality show fan, at some point you got you, you have to step up. And I wanted to do something. I didn't want, I stayed in the background this whole time. Something told me this is your spot. This is where you have to step up, be a leader for the team and uh, take a freaking huge risk. And if you can pull this off, They'll look at you as a leader yeah. and they'll want to keep you around. So I knew I was going to have to take a chance at some point and that was it. Um, so who wants to be the captain? Three of us raised our hand, myself, Joel, and Rebecca. So again, strategically, I said, all right, let's all give our reason why. And, I, and I'm going to go last because in my eyes, the last thing you hear is the first thing you remember, right? That's true. That's why I went last. So even then, I was trying to be a little bit strategic with my decision. Um, and I gave the biggest rah-rah, Newt Rockney speech of the century. I could see it in their eyes. They were tearing up. I was tearing up. I mean, I was so jacked up. I won a national championship in college baseball. This was just as intense for me. Um, I love that. I love so I said, guys, when we thought it was... Tug of war, we had a system, we had our placements, who was going to be in the front, where we were going to put Doc, Lexi, James, the smaller people in between us. We had a cadence. So I came, we all did it together, but I was kind of leading that discussion. I said, listen, guys, you believe in me out there, believe in me right now, and I will get us through this. We will not lose. And I could see, and Steven says, I'm looking at the intensity in this guy's eyes. He's our man, guys. And then we took a vote, and it was unanimous, luckily. Um, and then I had to pick my lieutenant. And Joel, he didn't get a lot of airtime. The dude's a K-pop star. 
as soon as I got home, I was looking people up and my daughter goes, I know him. I'm like, what do you mean you know him? Oh yeah, he's a K-pop star in Korea. For real? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you look at him, the dude is extremely attractive. He looks like a model. He's got literally the voice that should be the voiceover for anything ever spoken in the world. His voice is perfect. And he's, I could tell by talking to him, he's extremely intelligent. So I, I picked him for my lieutenant. He was the one that made a very strategic decision on where to put our two and three boat. Uh, it was confusing the way he did it and he, and it, and it helped us. Um, so I said, this is where I'm going to have to step up, man. Yeah. And, uh, and the way it happened after we finished that, I said to Dylan, I said, people are going to believe that aren't going to believe it happened like this. They're going to think this was scripted. It was, it was made to look a certain way. It came down to that last damn shot. And you uh, asked Rick. And well, you said, you said, I got five kids. I'm feeling that five. I'm feeling I did. that five. I got five kids. But then you were like, you know what? Let me. Get, I guess you you wanted to go to to your friends, the Gabu Gang. You asked Rick, Doctor Rick, and he says F eight, and you di- and you end up going with it. Well, I want Rick to have all the credit in the world, uh, but it didn't happen exactly that way. The way it edited made it look like I only asked Rick. Every single pick we made, I was ultimately the one that made the pick, but I asked everyone's opinion, and then I made the decision based on hearing everyone's answer. So I asked everyone. That's good leadership. Well, I didn't want to be the only one making a decision because I was responsible. This is a dictatorship. Yeah, I was responsible for people staying or leaving there, including myself. No, that's smart. So Perna, James, and Elliot were all the way in the back. They were in the back corner. And I could, guys, guys, please, I need to hear from them too. Everyone gave it an opinion on F5 or F8. And I didn't ask Doc last. Marcus said eight. I think Dylan may have said eight. So the majority did go with five. If I was to sit here and say Doc saying eight isn't the reason I went eight, I'd, I'd be lying. I'm like, this guy has wisdom. He's been on this earth a long time, and it's not by accident. So him saying eight was ultimately what drove me to pick eight. Um, and they didn't show it. I like the way they did it better. But I was literally putting it into the five slot. And right before I made contact with the board, I'm like, shit, I'm going to go with Doc. And I went down to eight. Wow. But the way they showed it, where they didn't show what I did and no one knew, I'm telling you, man, to see the look on Doc's face, knowing that he made that decision, knowing that he helped the team win, that's all he was there for. Yeah. He didn't want to win. He doesn't he need any he money. He didn't need any money. He, every day he was happy to be there. And to see Perna, just, he was standing on the boat, Gambu gang. Other than my kids being born, that was one of the most exciting, just suspenseful, intense things I've ever been through. It was amazing that it happened, uh, and it propelled our alliance to, to always awesome bigger, when, better when you things. That off, I was like, Fuck yeah, because I was like, I knew you. I was like, yes, yes. It was it was so cool. I was when I, we had a watch party at my house with my closest friends, my mom, dad, my kids. Obviously, I was there. I already knew what happened. Watching it, I'm like, don't pick five. Don't pick five. Did like, you tell I was, your friends and family? No, I, no. You just want I wanted them to watch it. My friends, have, I, the only person that kind of knew whether or not I won is my wife, but she didn't know for sure either. I wanted them to experience this as I did. And if every single one of them knowing me and knowing how I, how I am, you freaking won. I know you won. There's no way you would not be pissed and just bashing everything about this if you didn't win. So I let him think that. 
Yeah. And some of my friends are now pissed at me. Why didn't you tell me you you went out like that? I'm like, because I wanted you guys to feel what I felt. Yeah, you won't let them go through the process. They, and they when did. I texted you when I realized you were on the show. I said, don't tell me. Don't yep. tell me what happens. I want to see it. I just want to see it play out. That was intense. And uh, let's talk about, did you, I mean, so you obviously watched. When you were waiting in between, I guess you couldn't see anything on the screen, right? You didn't know. What Before Warship? Yeah, so no, because the two teams. Went yeah, they would take two at a time out, um, and when we were when they were picking, it was pretty neat how they did it. They had everybody's number in a bag, and they said, "Okay, the first team to pick," and they picked a number, and then they reached in and picked another one. That's how they did the matchups. I'm looking around, and the the team that I was least <laughs> excited about facing was that team because it had Big Chad. It had this guy Kwame, who was a monster. The guy Teo, who's like a fitness freak, and they—I mean—they had what appeared to be the strongest physical team. And this is when you're thinking this is going to be total. Oh yeah, so that's why we were like, it's going to be close. But Chad literally pulls trucks for fun, like he does it like these fundraiser things. Like a power lifter. He's pulling trucks with his bare hands on a rope. No, I'm like what? So I called him the Grizzly Bear, and that stuck too. I think, um, but that was the the team I was least excited about seeing. And of course, also there were some people on that team that I was friends with, my and Chad Figgy, who was a survive, a former survivor player. So I was friends with her. We met and we noticed each other. Cause she, we know each other before the game, before red light, green light, we said, she's like, Dan, I'm like figs. So we, where did you meet her? I, I am involved You're in about a, Figgy. Figgy. Yeah. I'm, fr I'm friends with her already before we went to the show. Oh, shit. There's a, uh, a fun there's a she's cute she's yeah. a cute kid there's a uh a, a, a charity called give kids the world it's for kids that are terminally ill they have a thing called um hearts of reality which is a a fundraiser every year in florida where you can go and meet reality stars that's why it's hearts of reality okay. um and all the money goes to give kids the world and it's a beautiful village of houses and apartments and condos where kids that are terminally ill can go and every day they celebrate a different holiday. And I said to the lady, why are they celebrating a different holiday? And she said, well, cause most of them aren't going to make it to the next holiday. I was like, Oh my God, I was devastated. So I believe in that charity. It's a great thing. Anyway, that's where I met her okay. for three years. I've been going there. So she knows me. She knows my friend. So crazy. She knows. So Out of all the yep. freaking people yep. picked. And, then and I saw her before and red light. Even where you live, right? Oh, You're no. saying this is, Someone you met in Florida. In Florida, and in Orlando. In and she lives in Tennessee. Wow. So when we noticed each other, I said, Figs, listen, we're obviously going to share information. Let's split up. She's like, yep, let's get in different alliances. But we will obviously be, you know, cooperative so information. Double agents. I, yeah, sure. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, she had her people. I had my people. But I was certainly not trying to get her out. She was somebody that if push came to shove. Know about your, your prior engagement. No. no. Oh, that's genius. No. Thing. Matter of fact, Trey, the mother and son, Trey is very good friends with her now. Huge Survivor fan. I found a lot of my conversations in the dorm were Survivor centered. I, one of the guys I was became good friends with made it to Survivor season 41. And then after COVID, he got cut. Oh. So we had met. Anyway, I said, Trey, you know that there's a player from Survivor here. He's like, no, there's not. I said, that's Figgy. He's like, no, it's not. I go, you want me to introduce you? So I introduced him to Figgy, and now they're very good friends. Um, but I did not purposely try to get her out because she she would have had my back, I think, yeah. you know, in, in a pinch. No, I think that's smart. smart. So 
again, this goes back to there were friends on that team too that I didn't want to have any part in taking out. How, let me ask you this: You brought up Trey, the the mother son duo. How, how did other people feel about that? Did they feel like it was unfair? I don't think they felt it was unfair, but I don't think they were thinking about it at all because from a strategic and if you're into these games, the people with the tightest bond showmances, you got to get rid of them, right? So you think when it's time to vote. The fact that they weren't broken up before that is mind boggling to me. Mind boggling that nobody said, maybe we should get rid of the actual blood bond in this room. The people that, literally will die for each other. Yeah. Let's break that up. Didn't seem to be a problem for anyone. I and I'm that, friends with them. I wasn't going to break them up, but how, did, how is no one thinking that? It's good TV. It is good TV. They good were, TV. they're great people, man. Um, you had to, then you made it, was it episode six? You got to play marbles and you play it against player 209 who you had met from the day one. How'd that go? When we had that picnic, I think that, the way it looked on TV, nobody, everyone was so surprised that this was marbles. A lot of us were assuming it was going to be marbles. I said to Marcus, listen, man, I think we should split up here. This is probably marbles. He said, no, listen, we're sticking together. We've been together since minute one. If, uh, if this is marbles, I would rather go out at your hand and I'd rather you go out at my hand because we've been together since the beginning. And I said, all right. Uh, and then they made it look like people were enjoying the picnic and minutes and hours go by before Trey looks in the bottom of the basket. Didn't happen. It was like instant. That. Didn't happen like that. Again, as a survivor fan, I'm looking, I was looking for advantages this whole game. I was locking the bathroom doors, searching through things every day. People were like, why are the bathrooms locked? I'm like, Oh, I guess they were cleaning them. Like I was playing, man. Um, so as soon as they said, you can open the pi the picnic basket, I went right to the bottom because I figured if there's an advantage in here with all the cameras, they're going to say whoever finds it first is going to get an advantage. I went directly to the bottom, opened it up on my like, crap, false bottom. Good. The advantage is in there. And I opened it. It had to be two seconds. It was a false bottom. Yeah. There was a false bottom in there because all the cookies and the, the treats were there. I saw the bottom. I pried my fingers. I'm like. And then I looked up at Marcus and he's like, what? And I'm like, it's marbles, man. That literally took me two seconds because I wanted to be first. Yeah. They made it look like Trey, Trey wasn't the first one that found that. Okay. I found it literally in two seconds. Um, and I we didn't tell anybody because we, be right? we were both distraught. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't even tell anybody. People were like, hey, brownies, yay. And I'm like, uh, it, it, there was a lot of food and we were starving, man. Yeah. I lost 16 pounds in there and I'm not a big guy. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't even eat the food was the taste. It, it, there was no taste because it was so sad at that point that I was like, this is bitter. This is the bitter, bitter taste, man. What? let me ask you about before, before you tell the Marvel stuff, the one dude, he goes up and he gets multiple helpings. They show him on camera. He goes up Were there rules against that. Nope. So he but was just allowed to, you weren't, that wasn't obviously socially social rules. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure the cameras, obviously, you saw that they were tracking everyone. Yeah. They saw them doing it, and they let it happen. So if it's within the rules, I guess do whatever you want. But I certainly never would have done that. Uh, it's not acceptable to me. But if it's within your boundaries to to be that despicable, and and because and, there was no telling that if you did that, somebody else wasn't going to end up without food. There were 
three times, two or three times that I remember specifically, I always got in the back of the line. I wanted everybody to eat first. Yeah. I don't care about the food, man. Yeah. I was expecting to get no food. You're like, I'm going to get lean. So yeah, so I was Jack. I was ripped, you know? <laughs> so there were two, maybe three times where I got to the front and there was no food left. So I knew somebody was taking too many, yeah. but they, and they went back and somehow found more food for me. Um, I didn't know it was him. Uh, but if I would have known that, yeah, I would have wanted somebody like that out. Another side note, while you're in the, I guess you call it the dorm area, yep. right? Was there, you were in there, was there a, um, a challenge every single day? No, there, they, I guess they tried to do every day, but at one point, I think we may have gone two days with nothing. Which was worse, in my opinion, because no you, TV, you just hang. No, everybody's just talking. Okay. Yeah, there's enough. The downtime. Again, these reality shows. If you think about it, there has to be more downtime than uptime. Yeah, you know, some of the challenges take whatever production couple issues. hours. Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of just sitting around. So you just try to talk to people. Yeah, I was like, listen, you're going to force yourself to talk to every single person, but. After one minute, I, I didn't have to force myself to listen to these people talk about their stories and their backgrounds and details about their lives. I can tell you because I memorized every night everybody's name, their number, how many kids they had, because if that came up in a, in a quiz, I wanted to know the answers. That's so funny. I didn't sleep at all. I stayed up staring at that light above my bed going, OK. Doc has seven kids, 18 grandkids. He does bees. He plants orchids he, or whatever, flowers. You know, he, he has bees on his leg that represent his grandkids. The flowers represent his kids. I mean, I was going over these details in my head every single night, and I could still tell you them today. I wrote a whole book about my experience and every single detail I remembered about every person because I wanted to commit it to memory for the game. Yeah. But also, I don't want to forget the little things, man. Yeah. The little conversations, the little things that happened are way bigger than than worship. Like in my head to remember the little things that I learned about Jimmy K or Mikey from New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, it is a, a lot of cool conversations. Let me ask you another question. So when the whole process, you were going for a total of three weeks and you made it to what number? I think I was there. The, the whole, the, the finalists were 17 days. I think I was there 14 and a half days. Okay. So then they... And then you, you, there was some layover time, I guess, in between. Do they give you a um, an exiting interview? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that when everyone's at the table? Is that what that is? Those are called processing room, okay. and they only gave those to certain people. And I didn't think I was going to get one. I got one. You got and head screen. I, I wish they would have showed. It's funny. The only thing that I talked about, or the, not the only thing, everything I talked about was my kids everything because that's the that's my world is my kids and they didn't show anything about me talking about my kids you know um but to get a processing room uh, interview you knew that possibly you were going to get some screen time that's you know after we're all talking and i got a processing room so i was like great maybe maybe i'll get some time but even going into it i, I had no idea you know are they going to show me at all are my kids going to go where were you for for real because we didn't see you on tv so you were completely surprised when you when it finally came out it's released they didn't say hey dan check this out you not like a pre-screen they, they called everyone beforehand to prepare you certain people that should have gotten a lot of time they said listen unfortunately your 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 story didn't fit and you're really not going to get much time you're seeing at conversations so they did try to give you a heads up um, but they didn't give you any details like you're going to be you're getting a lot of screen time. Like I was completely surprised. Yeah. Hey, I'm happy for you. I really, Thanks, happy man. for you. So 
you and Marcus play. Let me ask you about the marbles. So sure. you find out you play marbles. You're in there. Why were some people playing it like almost like there was a basketball? Like it wasn't a traditional make the circle, knock it out. You could come up with any rules you wanted. Um, for me, as an athlete, I want to do something where I was throwing. And Marcus is an athlete too. He's a big cornhole player. So uh, it didn't take us any time to come up with our game. Some people, as you saw, never even agreed on a game and they got eliminated for us. And that's another reason why I did want to kind of be with him in that because there was not going to be an argument. We were going to come to an agreement because we wanted it to be fair, both of us to have a shot. Um, so we just did a simple, it was probably 10 feet. We put a little sand in the bottom of the bucket. There were this, That set was amazing. You felt like you were in a town in Korea from the show. I mean, it was the details, the way they painted the buckets. There were vines on the electrical yeah. wires. It was so cool. Um, I didn't want to think about any of that though when I was in there. I'm like, I'll, I'll think about that later. I got to focus on what I'm here for. Uh, so we just, we, we, there was a broom there, like an old broom. We broomed the sand. We made it nice and smooth. We made lines like a bowling lane. And we had a, sh a line that we had to stay behind to shoot. And we said, all right, we're going to shoot 10. Whoever has the most wins. Yeah. And uh, it worked out. Luckily. It worked out. Um, but, and that is when ultimately the, the mom, the mom and the son duo. I can't imagine how that felt. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine. Mom, how that felt. Well, listen, she, people are saying that she lost to him on purpose and she is a huge competitor. She's an athlete. She, she wanted nothing more than to beat him. I can tell you that right now. She was even saying, listen, right so before she the, take it easy on no, she said right before she said, I'm going to change it up on him right before we go in there. I'm going to say, let's play a different game. She said, I'm going to get in his head. We were talking in the white room. Yeah. So she, she didn't give that up to him. No way. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So Dan, episode seven, you finally meet your demise and get eliminated. Walk us through what happened. So before they started that, we had to pick a captain. Um, TJ, of course, volunteered himself and said, uh, I'm glad all you guys had faith in me. I, I didn't, that was my only regret in the game was not trying to argue for myself to be the captain there. I got to give him credit. He took a chance. Um, but he certainly wasn't unanimously voted captain. As you saw, big Chad was sleeping. He missed It's all he did the whole game, by the way, he slept in his bed and it worked. Uh, but he said, he's not my captain. Um, I, he wasn't in my direct alliance. TJ was in a different alliance, so I didn't want him to be captain. He was going to pick other people or have their backs before mine. Um, so we we go before it happened. Now TJ's the captain. The women are obviously going to band together. It wasn't a surprise. There were nine women, right? Twenty-two men. Smart move for the women. If if I'm in that position, I'm going to do whatever I can to make it to the next round. If it means saying, "Hey," We're both five foot 11. We should stick together. Whatever it is, is, is there the most minute commonality? I'm going to exploit that too. So good for them for trying to do that. However, everyone is making a big deal about this women's alliance and the manslaughter and this and that. If you watch the episode, there were nine women. Four of the women did not pick women. So in my eyes, that women's alliance wasn't even a real thing. They didn't pick women. The people that picked somebody just because she's a woman, that makes no sense to me. I'm going to pick the only person out of whoever's out there that has my back. 
that's who you got to pick there. You're trying to win. So to, to just pick women to make a statement or to represent, it makes zero sense. I have three daughters. I'm a huge proponent of women. But in that situation, I'm going to pick who's going to give me the best chance moving forward. So I would have picked Perna or Chad if Chad was still there and Perna wasn't, wasn't an option. Um, Chad was supposed to pick me when we lined up in the, uh, in the dorm. Chad said, what is this? I said, it's a safety chain. And he said, what is that? He didn't even know what it was. I said, well, we're going to, each person's going to pick somebody until we get to 20. Then the people that are left out are gone. He said, I got you, man. I said, all right, I got you. And, uh, he didn't got me. That's for sure. Uh, but we've, we've reconciled, uh, my little guy hates him. Uh, but not really. He doesn't really, uh, we saw each other, Chad and I, uh, and we've talked m multiple times. He seems since like a show. genuinely nice guy. Good dude, man. Good dude. He made a bonehead mistake. The guy that he picked, he had zero relationship with that guy was not going to save him. If he had a chance, that guy would have never picked Chad. And if you watch Mikey talk about it, he, he said, I could not have been more surprised that he picked me. So if somebody didn't pick me because they thought strategically it was smart because I was the fastest or I was the smartest. You, you, you could be perceived as a threat. Right? If, if that was the reason why I wasn't picked, I'm okay with that. That wasn't the reason. You know what I mean? You, you think so? Yeah. People were picking, again, the women wanted to pick women, which didn't come to fruition. But did they pick the women because they think I can compete against a woman and the result might be in my favor versus if I compete against a man where I might lose. Um, that also would have been a strategic move, but that didn't happen either. People pick, for the most part, people pick number buddies or people they were friends with, yeah. which makes sense. So this women's alliance thing didn't affect me. I was friends with a lot of those girls, yeah. a lot of them. I just wasn't as close of friends as some of the other people. But one girl said, I have never spoken to this person because you had to give your reason for why. I have never spoken to this person once this entire time. She didn't even know her name, but I'm going to pick her in keeping in the spirit of women's power or something, something I'm going to, and she didn't know her name. That that's silly to me. That's silly. It's a game. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a and, game about winning and you got to do what you got to do to win. Yep. Sorry that didn't make it to you. So you were what? I mean, you had to be top. I think that at that point it was 31 left and yes. there was a bunch of you. There was placed. 11 great gentlemen that went out that day. Um, I was 21st. Okay. Perna was picked last, obviously, if you saw the show. You can ask him. It's confirmed. He was picking me no matter what. So to me, in my head, I finished 21st out of 456. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's impressive that you made it that far, and uh, it sucks you didn't. But uh, you know, win it or make it to the top three. But man, you, you're you're killing it. The fact that you got screen time, so much screen time when people didn't, that you made it to number twenty one, that you dealt with all those other things, uh, and you start the Gabu gang. There was there was no other gangs. I mean, it didn't get screen time. Not that I saw. Yeah, the only other alliance they talked about was the corner, which I was there, and I was day one under the right side of the dorms is where that alliance was formed. And I was there. I was in that alliance on day one. And they said, what do we want to name it? And I had my chance there to call it Gambu. And I said, uh, nah, I'm not using that yet. This doesn't feel right. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, again, I wanted to name an alliance, something that mattered. No, so that's no, why we picked Gambu. Now, it, so once you're eliminated, you go, you do the outro or the exiting interview, right? Um, 
do they let were you able to watch the rest of the games or no anything else? when you were eliminated they uh when i walked out of that door mm-hmm. out of the dorms i didn't look at anybody i didn't want to i didn't want to see anybody's face i didn't even want to make oh, eye contact. Yeah. yeah there was i had some choice words in my head i'm glad i didn't say them um the main producer or her name is hollywood believe it or not Shut the fuck up. she grabbed me by first my, name holly last name yes please. she grabbed me by my collar and pulled me into an interview room and i probably interviewed i did interviews right after for probably two hours wow. i mean and I, i'm glad they didn't show it because i was ugly crying like a two-year-old i mean i was upset man it, I you lost. have been playing this for months you made it that far. I think I would have cried as well, and, dude. It, and it was more of a of, of a a depressive a depressed feeling of I I lost. I just let down my kids, my wife, my mom, my dad, my friends, the gang. I let all these people down without a chance to save myself. Again, it's sour grace because I was a victim of it. But to eliminate eleven people that far into a game for four and a half million dollars makes no sense to me. Again, Netflix, I love, I have nothing bad to say. But if you want to eliminate two people. It was a weak challenge. It was. It was, it, you couldn't come up with, you know, spend a couple of dollars to come up with something better. Flip a coin. I don't care. At least I have a chance. Yeah. Let's arm wrestle. Let's, it was some anything. bullshit. Anything. I agree. So, it was some bullshit. And again, I'm not bad mouthing Netflix. I can't make anything. I can't even make anything up to say that's negative. But in my eyes, again, probably I'm skewed because I was one of the victims of it. It just seemed like a weak way to eliminate 11 people that late. They they apparently knew they needed 20 for the bridge. There had to be a better way, so a competitive they, way to get rid of 11. Do you think they were um, scrambling for a way to get a big chunk of people out quickly? Well, I, I mean, again, the scale of this production, they had to know they were going to do that. I don't but, think they came up with that at the last second, no. but I think that's a – they could have had some sort of game. Let it Let pairs play dachi together. I don't know. Maybe they didn't want the, uh, you know, 45 people doing the bridge. They did. Yeah. They knew they needed 20. They, they wanted around 20. Is it? I think they, I think they knew they needed exactly 20. That's why okay. in the safety chain, it was 20. Um, but there had to be a better way to get rid of 11 people there. There had to be, you know, let me compete in anything. I'll fight everybody in here. I'm not going to win, but at least I have a chance. Maybe the guy falls and hurts himself and I win, you know? I agree. It was, an, it, to me, it looked like an easy cop out. It yeah. looked like an easy cop out and um, they could have did something better. Rock, like you said, rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, anything. Anything. I like the fact that Squid Games was about, you don't have to be the biggest, the strongest, the fastest because they have old all the way to very young. Yep. Um, and it's just, I wouldn't call them simple games, but semi-simple games, uh, but at a very high level. And with a bunch of, against a bunch of other people, uh, which makes it very challenging. Um, Let's so Rick and Steve that break up. So how did that go? I mean, you saw it unfold (sighs) when you got back to the dorm, right? So the Rick and Steve elimination was painful because we had just done warship. We were our 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 alliance was on a high, um, but. It didn't happen out of nowhere. If they did show Steve and Doc went and did a chore. First of all, those chores put targets on people, in my opinion, because everybody knew you're getting something. If you're going to do a chore, it's not just a chore. You're going to get something, or we at least we assume that. Um, and they did. They won the chocolate bar. What they didn't show, Doc came out. He's like, Dan, Dan, I got it. We want a chocolate bar. I go, okay. He goes, we're only going to share it with the Gambu gang. I'm like, okay. Great, whatever. Again, I didn't care about the food. I was 
hoping everybody else was depleted. Um, so we sat in our normal area to eat our dinner that night. Um, and Steve is two people over from me. I'm sitting here and, uh, he's breaking up the chocolate bar, trying to be secretive. I said, dude, put that thing away, man. We have all the time in the world. We're eating like, dinner. Like a yeah. And it was, a, it was probably, I mean, this thing was this big and it was the squares. So he's, I said, dude, somebody's going to see it, put it away. Next thing I know, I look literally to my left. I feel somebody sit next to me and it's Felicia. I was friends with her. Nice lady. Um, she didn't sit with us for dinner though. So she was coming over there. To, so immediately I'm looking around the dorm going, all right, who else is looking? Who sent her over here? Who's working with her? Oh, she was snooping. Yeah. So Steve's like, oh, it's so good. And she leans in front of me and she says, what's good? And he said, oh, oh, my rice. I'm like, well, we're fucked, you know? <laughs> um, so she sat there and then she eventually left. And uh, I don't know if she knew it was a chocolate bar, but she knew something was going on and that probably threatened her. Maybe she was worried they had an, an advantage or something. Um, but that being said, I can understand her. If everybody's now worried about this Ganbu Alliance, I can understand her saying, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to take out who I feel is the figurehead. Who is the leader of that? So when she took out Steve, as much as it hurt, I'm like, all right, she thinks he's leading the Ganbu gang. That makes sense. To then go and take out another guy from the same alliance makes zero sense to me. You and you, you sh in the show you saw that the girl Cheney says she's going to get the mother or son right here. Obviously, yep. that's the common sense move right there. Break up the blood bond in that room. She didn't do that. I don't know why. Then she took out Doc, and then some people are trying to say, well, Doc practiced all these games and he's smart because he's a doctor and that had nothing that was not part of her mindset i can guarantee you that that was not why she got rid of doc she wasn't thinking that he was great at all the games and i'm getting on a threat if she did she would have got rid of him first yeah she made a good move getting rid of the kid with the advantage i would have done that anyone that has any strategy in their head at all would have done that so it was it was a common sense move to get rid of him yeah. people are like that was a brilliant move no, that was a common sense move. If, if you were up there with that chance, he should have been the first person out because now he has an advantage. And she did that. So she's a smart, smart yeah, player. Yeah, makes sense. Smart player. Um, but I just, again, maybe I'm skewed because they were both friends of mine. Yeah. But from a strategy gameplay standpoint, I don't see the reason to do two people from the same perceived group. It didn't make sense to me. Plot twist, it was a Mr. Beast bar. <laughs> but hey, listen, she it's her game. I don't hold any grudge against her. She came up to Marcus and me afterwards. She said, listen, guys, I'm really sorry. I said, you don't have to apologize. It's your game. Do what you want to do. I said, we'll, we'll be okay. You know, that, but she, was, she wasn't like, F you. I got your guys. I know what's going on. Yeah, she wasn't like that at all. She was like, I'm so sorry. Don't be mad. I said, we're not mad. And when she walked away, Marcus and I said, we, we just got to keep our eye on her now because she's obviously a player. Stay vigilant. Yes. Stay always vigilant. vigilant. The question everybody has. Does anybody else get money besides the person who wins first place? I got, hold on, carry the one, zero dollars. No one got anything except for Mai. Mai but, is the only one. Wow. In a lot of these shows, there are per diems. The longer you make it, in Survivor, if you make it to day 15, you get way more money than the day the person that got out day two. Uh, and I think a lot of- I, Yeah, that's how I thought, because the Survivor second place gets a little something. 100,000, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, 
but not in this game. And it was it was not like it was a surprise. It was very well documented. You knew going in that the only person that's going to win or get any money is the winner. Was this an official Netflix show or did somebody else, some rich guy, uh, film it, produce it, build it, and then sell it to Netflix? Or was it from Netflix from the beginning? It's a Netflix show, but it was produced and cast by a company called Studio Lambert. Uh, Lambert. Mr. Lambert is a super rich guy, yeah, yeah. all right, um, who owns the production company. So they were responsible for the production of it, but it was a Netflix show. I think Netflix hired Studio Lambert. That's um, that's what I okay. So my understanding like made it and then tried no. to sell it. I think Netflix it was all out. wanted to do this show, and they probably I don't know interviewed whatever word multiple casting and production companies to figure who was the best fit and they picked studio lambert and they did a great job yeah did they give you any numbers uh analytics on the the like because you guys were trending for a, a couple weeks in top 10 on netflix at least on my account i saw you guys were in top 10 at some point we were number one the number one show watched in 76 countries holy shit yeah yeah holy shit so, congrats yeah it was everybody seeing you listen it it, it was <laughs> such a cool experience um and the fact that it's been so well received, it's just icing on the cake. Oh, I've been talking all about it. And when we post this podcast, I'm going to boost the shit out of it. <laughs> what do you think Netflix could have done to make the contest or the game better? They could have had me win. That's what they... <laughs> no, um, I don't... I, other than arbitrarily just eliminating that many people without a chance that far into the game... I can't imagine what they could have done different. Again, maybe I'm sour grapes because I wasn't picked for the you know the kickball team, but uh, I, I it was amazing, man. From from beginning to end, Netflix and Studio Lambert. Anyone that's complaining is just sour. Yeah, you know. Would you, if you could go back in time, what would you have done differently in that game? Uh, if you a could lot do of like what one or two things. Yeah, a lot of people have asked me. That. Obviously, if if I could go back knowing what happened, yeah, there were, I would have picked one of those girls and been her best friend the entire time. <laughs> Makes sense. To that's just guarantee that I got sense. picked. But I was friends with those girls, you know? Um, so I don't know if there's anything I could have done different. I mean, I had great relationships. That marbles game hit a domino that, if, that just eventually caused my entire stack to fall because R. Kelly, one of the Gambu gang, lost to Chad. Jada lost to Mai, another New Jersey girl who I'm friends with. Rosie lost to Amanda. I mean, Rob lost to Perna. I mean, there are so many things that happened in Marbles that dictated what was going to happen next. And all of those things that were dictated were not going to be in my favor. Very true. It's very true. Oh, I like the attitude towards it. I really do. I like the attitude towards it. Um, so I've watched a few YouTube conspiracy theories on the Squid Games Challenge. Some people are saying uh, players were treated, some players were treated more fairly or even given more time just so they can move on to the next round. Do you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I think, and a girl who I'm friends with from the game of all the people I've talked to, and I've been getting nothing but positive feedback. Again, they portrayed me as a nice guy, which I am, I think, but I got a very good at it. I've been getting nothing but positive. Um, but she said to me, in a, in a room full of influencers, 
you were the most genuine guy there. And that meant a lot to me because there were a lot of people that are TikTok famous and Instagram and all this social media, YouTube, and some of them, their purpose for being there was to get more followers and to do things after the game, to be able to say, hey, I'm on Squid Game, check me out. That was not my purpose. My pur- I didn't care if I got any screen time until the last day because that means I won. Yeah. So there were a lot of people like that and it showed in the way they played. They were they were probably being exaggerated versions of themselves. Um, and, and I think, I mean, <sighs> Brighton went on record saying that his cookie broke and they passed him through. What? It's on an interview. I don't know if he meant it a different way. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if people were treated differently. Was there time added to the red light, green light? Yes. At the very end? Yes. Did it help some people cross the line? Yes. But I don't know if that time was added because when the clock stopped, just like in a basketball game, and they let it, the clock keep going by mistake and they have to add time. I don't know, but I can confirm that it was added, but I don't know the reason. Maybe it was a legitimate reason why that was added. Um, maybe Teo and Brighton's cookie didn't break and they misspoke Yeah, and they were still passed through. Or, I don't, may, or maybe they it broke while he was taking it out. Yeah. Again, there's, there's a million explanations. Um, maybe the Warren commission can, uh, can look into that and find out the real answer. Uh, but I'm sure they had an idea of who they wanted to go for. Yeah, the guy who's famous already on, on it YouTube. Makes sense. I mean, it all really comes down to marketing. Yeah. This guy's marketable. If he gets further, more eyes on the TV. That's it. My argument to that conspiracy theory is they had games that they couldn't control. Yeah. So if you wanted Brighton to go to the end, you could have rigged it so he didn't go out and warship. Yeah. But he did. Very you true. know, so there, there were controls in place to assure, I think, that they didn't just put through whoever they liked or wanted to go through. I can see that. I can see that. And uh, and it also makes sense if they had to change the clock here and there. And it was the first game. If everyone's made, you know, if they want to get a couple more people through, I don't even think it's that big of a deal, even if it did happen. You know, to be honest, because... You get through there, so what? Now you got more players. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, do you think there was any cheating by any players? Did I hope you... so. <laughs> I mean, they 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 played my my comment in there. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I know. And, it, you know, what is cheating and what is just trying to get an advantage? I think taking extra food is cheating. But if that kid could get away with that, more power to him. You know I mean? It, it's not something I would have done. But... If in a game for four and a half million dollars, if you can stay within the rules and nothing in the rules said you couldn't try to steal other people's food, if you could stay within the rules, you got, if you're not doing whatever you can do to win, why did you even go? Push it to the absolute limit. Why did you go? Push it to the limit. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. That's right. Dan, you're not the, to me, you weren't uh, the average player just because I know your background. I mean, you played college baseball um and you used to do orthopedic surgery you don't do that anymore you're a physician's assistant why did you go into going from playing from uh baseball at that high level to then becoming a physician's assistant what made that decision well i i knew i wanted to do something that was around athletics Mm -hmm. so my undergrad degree is in athletic training 
So I was an athletic trainer at a college and at a high school for four or five years. Uh, and then I realized if I ever have a family down the road, the athletic trainers at high school, they have to be there every night because every field has lights now. Thanksgiving is the big football game. The day after Thanksgiving and Christmas break is wrestling and basketball. So I knew that if I ever have a family of my own, I'll never be able to see their stuff. I ended up going to PA school um, and, and I knew I wanted to do orthopedics. They don't really go into orthopedics that much, but I had that background already from athletic training and I wanted to be around a facet or a, a field of medicine where people want to get better. I didn't want to be treating cancer patients, terminally ill patients, people that have earaches and, and sore throats. That's not my thing. I wanted to treat people that are athletic and want to get back to doing athletic things. So orthopedics was a no-brainer for me. I got lucky. I got a job right out of school with orthopedics, and I did it for eight, 18 years. Wow, 18 years. I mean, and you were fully going in um, with those high-tech machines, digging in. I've had two meniscus tears, so you were doing it all. Oh, robotic knee and, and hip replacements, absolutely. All of it. And it's we, so fun. I like that you said it was fun. To me, it looks scary. People are under anesthesia. But I mean, I guess you do it enough times, you feel very confident. It, Everybody thinks doctors, especially like technical surgeons, oh my gosh, they must be godly. No. If you, if you did two knee replacements, you could do a knee replacement. Yeah. I'm being sorry. I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. I'm being sarcastic. You have to know what you're doing, but it's a mechanical skill. And once you're good at it, it's actually fun. It's actually fun. It's a big, there's a lot of mind, like just, it's a thinking man sport, orth, orthopedic. So, Every step is going to impact the next step of a surgery. So that's part of why I like to do things the same way every time, because if you don't, you forget stuff. And that comes from doing surgery for so long. So orthopedics was the only thing I was going to do. And I was going to hold out until I got an orthopedic job. I love that. I love that. Very. I mean, it comes in helpful with pretty much everyday life. It helped me in the cookie. I'll tell you that. If yeah. I wasn't for using scalpels for all those years, it would have made it a lot harder to get through that cookie. Surgical hands, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but baseball, how did you, how far did you make it and where'd you play? Sure. Um, I played all through high school, obviously college Then I played, uh, professionally for a year. Um, it was so fun. Yeah. People are like, Oh, you got paid. I'm like, yeah, but I would have paid them. I would have paid them. Where'd you play professionally? I played for a independent team, Portsmouth Explorers out in, uh, Portsmouth, Ohio. Okay. For the frontier league. Okay. Very yeah, cool. Very yeah. I mean, so you're going against people. You said you got hit with a 92 mile an hour. Yeah, that was in a summer league. People who have not played baseball and had a, a ball go by them, even 65 miles an hour, it's scary. And you're thinking 75, 80, 90 miles an hour. It's scary as fuck. It's fucking scary as hell. And the fact that you have to swing, match, like the precision and timing of hitting a fastball that's going 90-something miles an hour is insane. That's why it's just a small percentage of people are able to do it. you got to think baseball is played around the world pretty much, just like basketball. Fo NFL football is not, but baseball, and there's just a very small amount of people who make it to these levels. Listen, it, to hit a round ball with a round bat squarely is the single hardest thing to do in any sport, okay? You have an eighth of a second to swing, take, or duck. An eighth of a second. These guys are throwing 106 miles an hour now. 106. And they know where it's going. If it gets away from them and hits you, you could possibly be maimed for your whole life. Yeah. That's why these guys wear the face shields now. I mean, uh, and I got I got drilled. I got drilled on purpose, too, I think. <laughs> and, uh, 
it, you didn't it, charge him out, did you? No, I was out. I was out. <laughs> yeah. I, it's a summer league. The guy that was pitching had played minor league baseball. He just got released. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously pissed that he's playing in a, in a summer league, a collegiate summer league. Guy before me hits a home run. I was, it was the year after my freshman year of college. I was literally standing like this in the batter's box. I wanted no parts of being there. I couldn't even see it. The ump called the first one a strike. I'm like, sounded like a strike because I didn't even see it. It was 0-2, and, and I was literally almost out of the box, and he drills me right in the face. Ah. I remember striding, and then I remember going, oh, man. I was behind the, the backstop now against the building. My dad was in the Marines of Vietnam. I've never seen anything scared a guy, ever, ever. I opened my eyes and he has his shirt on my face, which I could see is covered in blood. And when I saw the look on his face, I'm like, oh, I'm screwed. My face must be hanging off because he looks scared. And I had never seen him look scared in my life. Did they instantly take you to get surgery? Yeah, they took, they, you know, plastics did my whole face. I got an infection after it. Um, two weeks later, I go back to my first game. Who do you think I faced? No way. It was Same dude. Shut the f- <laughs> It was first and second with two outs. We were, we were down by one. I hit a double in the right center gap. Oh, we won you. the game by one. So that, if I had angry. struck out there, it might have changed my whole trajectory in baseball. I mean, That's I was crazy. I was a little scared. <laughs> I'm very understandable. Very understandable. I don't know if I've ever went against anybody who threw 90, but I've been against many who threw 80, and I was afraid. 80's fast, man. <laughs> 80's people are like, oh, that kid so hard. He must throw 90. No. 90 is a different level. And 106, literally, I... I I have, Nolan to, Ryan, I have to think they're guessing and they're just swinging where they think the ball is going to be because you, your mind can't see the ball, recognize it, tell your hands what to do and get the bat to that spot in that short of amount of time. It's amazing. It's so impressive. People watch Bryce Harper. Oh my God, he did it again. He, he, why doesn't he hit a home run every time? You have no idea how hard it is to do. The stuff that that kid does, it shouldn't even be able to be done. And didn't the first couple years he... He was wearing contacts. They eventually gave him laser surgery or some shit. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. And he, uh, and he, he was like still ba- able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- these guys are freaks. You take any baseball player and he can probably be, probably be half decent at another sport. I agree. You take a football player and, and let him go hit a baseball. Watch how they swing. It's not the same thing. Yeah. I mean, the only, uh, Dion, Dion Sanders. Yep, he was great. Both. I mean, Bo, obviously, Bo Jackson was yeah. obviously one of the best athletes in the world. The, the, in the uh, video of Bo breaking the bat oh. first head, like with such ease. Like, yeah, it was so like cool. a toothpick. Yeah, it was so cool. Because <laughs> I feel those wooden bats like this shit's no joke. <laughs> yeah, they're heavy, man. Um, I just, a few more things. Sure. You're a huge Survivor fan. Huge. You're a huge Survivor fan. So how did Survivor help you in your strategy with the Squid Games? I think it helped tremendously. Some people that have never even seen or, or watched a reality show, not... And again, this this was you thought you knew it was coming and you didn't. Everything was a surprise with with Squid Game the challenge. But at least I had the mindset of I need to make an, a team. I need to have other people. I need to be friends with people. I need to not even if my real self is that I'm a loud, obnoxious, confrontational person. I cannot do that in here. Some people don't understand that and didn't, and it showed. Um, I knew that. There has to be advantages here. I thought there was. Again, I was locking the doors to the bathrooms and the showers multiple times That's because the cleaning crew, we did have to clean too, but sometimes they would lock them. They're under, they're cleaning. You can't use the bathrooms now. Once I saw that, I did it myself. And I was hunting through boxes for the, with the women's tampons, every box, every wrapper, 
trying to find an advantage. So it kept my strategic mind going, being such a fan of Survivor. Um, so it, it helped tremendously. And, and I've been at, listen, I keep saying, listen, I have to stop. But go. I've been applying to Survivor for 22 years. You hear this, and and I knew this before this conversation. I knew who's a diehard Survivor fan. 22 years you applied. 22 years. Caitlin Moore, Jesse Tannenbaum, Jeff Probst, take note, all right? This is a diehard fan right here. Get him on Survivor. Survivor, take this man. What are you doing? I mean, it's it's just the, it's the I don't know why. I, I can't explain it. I've just been enamored with the game for so long. I love the whole idea of the social part of the game. I think I, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the strongest, and I'm not the fastest in any room. But I got a good combination of those three things. So I think to be a good survivor player, you don't need to be, you don't need to excel in just one. You have to be a, you know, you have to be a renaissance man. You have to be able to do all of those things. And that's why I think I would be good at it if I was given the chance. I think you would too. And not only all those things you, you just talked about, you're also malnourished. Yep. Uh, which yep. is huge. Yeah. Huge. I mean, a lot of people in America, unfortunately, I said this in another interview, they, 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 uh, they live to eat oh, instead yeah. of eating to live. I'm 52 now, man. If I drive by a Burger King with the vents open in my car, I gain seven pounds just smelling the food. So I've learned to eat better and to eat strategically. And uh, so to be calorie restricted, not a problem for me. I, I could go days without eating. You know, so what? I mean, zero. I've done it. I've done those fasts. I've done 48, 72 hour fasts just for fun. Yeah. I that's how I it's good for cleansing I, I just want to challenge myself to something you know but you know after running somebody to their recital to to practice doing homework helping with the cooking and the cleaning then I want to challenge myself a little bit with something other than working out so it's a game that I play and uh it just keeps me motivated give me something to do you're a rare human Dan oh. you're a rare human man <laughs> and in the show you talk about having five kids how so all boys, all girls. So I have five kids. They, uh, the three at the top are girls. Uh, Kelly is twenty-three. Avery is twenty-one. Danielle is sixteen. Danny is nine, and Baylor boy is uh, three. So I have a large spread. I'll be working till I'm four hundred and fifty-six years old. That's why this game was important to me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, to be a dad, it, it's why I'm here. It's why some people, all right, you were supposed to get the Nobel Peace Prize. You were supposed to be president. I'm supposed to be a dad. It's the reason I get up every day. If I didn't have to work for money to support my kids, I would never work again. I hate work. I like what I do, but I hate work. I, I want to stay home with them every minute. I want to watch them learn how to use a fork. I want to watch them walk for the first time. When you're a working parent, you miss a lot of that stuff. And it's it sucks. It really does suck. So Anything that enables me to hang out with my kids and Squid Game the Challenge, dad's cool again, you know? Yeah. They, they, they loved it. They embraced it. Um, I do a lot of the episode recaps with my little guy, Danny. Um, he's going to be a star. He's in your video. He's going to be a star. He's, he's got star power. Shout out to Danny. 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 Danny boy. Um, but yeah, being a dad is, 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 is why I'm here. I had a great dad, and, and I think it's important to be an active dad. If they're sick and they're coughing through the night, you get up and take care of it. If they if they need their diaper change, do it. We need dads. The paradigm in our society, unfortunately, has been dads 
go over there and make all the money to take care of the household. That is not our purpose, guys. Our purpose is to bond with our kids too. And this is not a, I think, and you can disagree with me. I think I, you should be able to compliment something or someone. And that doesn't mean I'm, I'm putting down something else. And I preface that by, because I want to say dads are important. Dads matter. And me saying that doesn't mean moms don't matter, but dads are just as important as moms, not more important, just as certainly not less important. And if you're an active dad and you build those bonds with your kids, I mean, why did you have them? If you're not going to be there, I hear guys don't, don't bother daddy today. It's Sunday and football's on. It makes me want to throw up. What do you mean, man? You're watching a bunch of other people do something. Why don't you do something with your kid? All right. But if we can be active with our kids and physically active ourselves, I'm not falling asleep at six o'clock at night after I eat my fifth bag of Cheetos. That doesn't happen because I work out every day. I do it at five o'clock in the morning so I can get it out of the way. They're sleeping. I don't want to sacrifice my time with them for myself. So I get it done before they even get up. And now I'm ready for the day. Nothing worse than coming home after a long day of work and still having to work out. That's terrible. So get up early, get it done. And then you have time for your kids, your family, your work, your wife, whatever it is. But get it done early. And the days that you don't want to do it are the most important days to do it. You get up and you go anyway. Even Force when you yourself. don't want to do it. Because you got to think, do I want to be a... Kids are a great motivator for wanting to be alive. And not only be alive, be functional. And I'm glad you said that. My dad wasn't around growing up. And the people the people who've been following me for a long time know that my dad wasn't around growing up. So my goal has always been to be the best dad that I kind of wish I had growing up. And um, my dad died in 2012 from a heroin overdose. Uh, he was never a part of my life. He was a shit bag, whatever. I forgave him, went to the funeral. But now that I have a son who's, he'll be three in a, in a week. And then I have a daughter who's three months old. I know exactly what you mean in regards to, I want to spend as much time as I possibly can with my kids. And I almost, I feel guilty when I'm not, or it's almost selfish. Uh, for me to do something that I want to do. And I know there's self-love, self-help, all that cool shit. But I want to be with my son. I want to spend time with him. I want to, that's what makes me happy. Another thing that I've noticed is, you know how they say, oh, dad jokes, dad jokes suck, blah, 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 blah. The reason there are dad jokes is because dad's just, the greatest feeling in the world is your kid laughing. I mean, my son's laugh is the intro and outro to the Dot Daddy podcast. And having your kid and making your kid laugh, there's, I don't know of a better feeling than that. I really don't. It's, so dads are going to do, they're going to say the corniest, shittiest joke they could think of because there's a chance they might laugh, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there, there are, if you can influence a child, your child in a positive way, and, and I don't know the, the statistics and the, the, the demographics, but if you take Anyone that has done something bad, anyone who's in jail, anyone that has taken the wrong path, I can guarantee you the majority of them do not have a male father figure in their life. It's all in statistics. And again, I don't assume to know the statistics. I don't want to, I don't Oh, know. I've researched well, them. I know I've them too, but I'm not going to say I know yeah. them. But so I don't want my kid ending up dead at 14 because he's smoking heroin. Yeah. I don't want my daughter ending up being a prostitute or, or a stripper. I want to influence my kids. And that's why I work out every day. When my little guys say, dad, can we go work out? Even if I did it, we go down again. And it's not really a workout. He's three, yeah. but they'll jump around on the weights. And I want to show them what 
I think is the right way, man. Do what you're supposed to do every day to be a better version of yourself. And if I can ingrain that in their head, maybe when they don't feel like going in the backyard to use the batting cage because they're tired, maybe they're going to do it anyway. Maybe if they don't feel like studying for that test, they're going to do it anyway. Maybe they don't feel like calling grandpa to say, hey, thanks for the birthday present. They're going to do it anyway. Yeah, you're instilling a strong work of I completely agree with everything you said. And I I hope that more dads see that. And and the football thing, it's so funny you say that because uh, we're not friends on, on Facebook. But I, I went on these rants about watching football is cool if you're with a group. But am I going to let it dictate how I feel and how I conduct my day and my life? And am I just going to sit there? No, no, I'm going to get shit done. I'm going to have fun. Uh, I want to hang out with my kid. I, I completely understood everything you said. Not a lot of people will, though. Listen, if the Eagles win today, do you have to go to work tomorrow? Damn it. If they lose today, do you have to? So the fact that people want to fight other people over their favorite team, I don't understand it. And don't even get me started on fantasy sports. Don't get me started on that. But I don't understand the... I think it's great to have something to root for. Yeah, my home team is this, but... Okay, if they lose, I still have to go pay my electric bill. It's entertainment. That's all it is. And people get a little caught up in that. And when it starts taking away from your responsibilities as a dad, as a mom, you better check yourself. Give them bread and circus and they won't revolt. That's right. Football is the, uh, is the new Roman Coliseum, right? Dan, thank you for coming on. Uh, your story is incredible. I really hope you make it on to the Survivor. You absolutely dominated, making it to number 21 out of 456, the whole process and just knowing your journey. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank oh, you. Thanks, man. This is great. This is great. Uh, I, love the, I love the outfit, too. <laughs> what are your socials? So how can people find you? Sure. Uh, all of my, um, well, my Facebook obviously is my name, but my, and I, again. You have I'm, your Instagram now. You, so Dan, he he, he said he wasn't really into social media. Now that he's on Squid Games, he's got his social media. It's growing. What is your Instagram name? Uh, my Instagram is Get After It Dads, and my TikTok, which I'm working on, I'm not good at it. My daughters and my wife helped me. Is Get After It Dads. I spell uh, that. G E T A F T E R I T D A D S. Get After It Dads. No underscores. Nothing nope. in between. Nope. And we'll and we'll add that on yeah. here over your face. My my thing I want to encourage and inspire and even educate all dads to be better versions of themselves. That's, that's my, that's why I'm, I'm doing this. Um, I want, I want dads to be there, man. We're important regardless of what society wants to tell us. We are important to our kids, to society, actually the most underappreciated, undervalued and underestimated job in the world is being a good dad and you can do it. I'm doing it. I'm trying every day. I'm getting better at it. You don't have to be a lazy, fat piece of crap sitting on the couch, dad. You know, you can, even if you're overweight or you feel like shit right now, your life isn't where it is, you can get up and make the decision to just start improving your life. And it's just, it's not gonna happen overnight. Day in, day out, just do what you need to do, execute those tasks, and each day it will get better because you're working towards a goal. And you can make your life better. And when you feel good and you look good, it's going to, um, it's going to make the people around you feel better because you're going to put off positive energy. And that's really what it comes down to. And when you're a positive person, uh, your kids are going to feel a lot better as well. Couldn't agree more. It's a simple formula. Losing weight and staying in shape is a simple formula. It is not simple to do. It's a simple formula. Expend more calories 
and you're taking in. It's very simple. You can do keto, you could do carnivore, you could do intermittent fasting. The bottom line is you have to take in less than you're spending out and you will lose. It's impossible to not lose weight. You don't need that fourth Krispy Kreme. You don't need it. So if you're eating four, maybe try three this time. <laughs> it's, it's once your body gets used to it, um, you know, as again, I'm 52, man. My metabolism is garbage now. So I have to be very selective with what I eat. And once your body gets used to it, it will adjust. If you're used to being 185 and you want to be 160, once you get to that 160, your body will adjust and it'll feel like that's where it needs to be. Hammer out your protein, do intermittent fasting, do whatever you need to do. Eat more protein and less total calories and I guarantee you will lose weight and you will look better and feel better. Woo, 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 woo. Come on, Daddy. Come. <laughs>